It's over now, Terry. It's over. Oh, Isaac. This game is shit. You know it. <laughs> and Ubisoft knows it. I gave it all I had. I did. Three other games, they made it. They're the only ones. Cartel. No. But I tried. In the end. I, I did. Howdy folks, this is The Good Speaking. Thanks for tuning in. Make sure to like and subscribe to our podcast and follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Twitch, and TikTok. Enjoy the gold. Hello everyone, we are the boys coming at you with some good and bad. Yes, hello, welcome back to The Good, The Bad, and The Boys, episode 3, part 3 of our three-part, I guess, one-part launch of three episodes, dropping all October 19th. This is, uh, we got a little, we got a little mix-up today on this one, doing something else other than Western movies. I know you're all sick of, uh, sick of Western, so we thought we'd bring you something a little new in the form of Western video game. <laughs> Definitely doing something entirely different. Yes, this isn't an exclusively Western genre channel, we promise. We're not even that into Westerns. This is the most in-depth I've ever gone into Westerns. Yeah, <laughs> but, you know, that's the name of the podcast, shamelessly ripped off, so we got to rep the brand. Yeah, we, we also want to say thank you very much for tuning in, to here on October 19th. We appreciate your support, and we hope you will continue to follow us uh, as we journey on into this uh, realm of pop culture. And other more relevant genres. <laughs> yes, all right, so... What are we reviewing? What have you brought us today that is so good from the Western yeah. genre? It was worthy of being well, yeah. referenced on this iconic podcast. We are bringing you today some Red Dead Redemption. Might might be a little little game you've heard of, maybe heard in passing, but uh, yes, the Red Dead Redemption series. And what what, what have you brought for us? Oh, today, I got a Darren? real steamy pile of shit for you all today. <laughs> <laughs> came out in 2011 it's been in the news recently thanks to some publishing disputes uh we'll get into that but the two studios that published it are arguing over who gets it because neither of them want it we got oh interesting call okay. of juarez the cartel the third game in a four game series uh this is the black sheep of them and for obvious Oof, reasons there's more of it yikes yeah <laughs> The other ones are actually very good and true to the genre from what oh. I've read about them, which is why this one okay, okay. is so bad. It's not like people knew it was going to be bad from the start. It was uh, it was surprise shit. Shock the nation. It wasn't like 76 or Anthem where you just knew it was going to be shit from like months in advance. No, no, this is, uh, this is a real treat. Wonderful. 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 Yeah. So what do you want to talk about first? Should we coin toss again flip the coin Perhaps. that's what sugar would have wanted all right call it call heads call heads all right <sighs> putting it up all right it's heads well done heads all right red dead time Here red dead baby tell me about red dead it. redemption by rockstar games you probably heard of them yeah this game Man, these these two games they're they're highly rated. I think Red Dead One got like nine point five out of ten. 
Got a uh, game of the year, 2010 game of the year. Damn. Uh, got some awards from like for like uh, the best DLC, the Undead Nightmare, and the um, best musical score, which I can definitely concur with that. Based on uh, Morricone's kind of take with the the good, the bad, the ugly, they kind of parody off of that a little bit. Um, and Red Dead 2 almost has like almost all like 10 out of 10 scores. It's it's the uh, it's the fifth highest rated game overall. God damn. Yeah, and, and I mean, it took seven years to, to create with uh, some mocap. And, and you can tell with how big this game is, just like, man, it, it really does take like seven years to make this. So I'm, I'm assuming with GTA, that might be the case as well. Like the next GTA, we might get it in like a couple years because it's been like almost seven years or, or so. It's been so long since GTA 5 has been out. GTA 5 is the new Skyrim. There will never be a sequel, just GTA 5 on your fridge. Yeah, so who knows? I, I mean, if they are making a GTA, we might get it in a couple of years because, you know, I'm sure technology has even advanced even more. So maybe we'll get this, like, huge Red Dead 2 quality GTA. I'm going to be playing GTA 5 on my smart pistol as I march into Civil War 4 before GTA 6 comes <laughs> yeah. out. Yes. Cyberpunk is going to be the new GTA just because it's never coming out. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. Cyberpunk might take on the mantle. Naughty Dog is a new rock star. Well, and it's also unfortunate too. Red Dead 2, I mean, I don't know. There, there might be a lot of controversy around this, but yeah, God of War won game of the year instead of Red Dead 2. And uh, I'm, I'm not sure how I feel about that. I, I never really follow the God of War series, but uh, but I guess, it, you know, this new God of War was pretty emotional for a lot of folks, but so was Red Dead 2. And I think Red Dead 2 had a lot a lot of things that they brought to the table, and it was it was a really big project and kind of disappointed that it didn't win. But uh, I know a lot of people will probably say otherwise with God of War, so I don't know. Leave a comment below. Let me know what you think. Should God of War won... Game of the year should Red Dead Two of who knows? I mean, this this is definitely a, a an older uh, older uh, debate. I think we all know who should have won Game of the Year, and it's Anthem, obviously. Anthem. <laughs> Best Anthem. game I've ever heard. Oh yes. No, just kidding. Anthem was hot dog shit. So Red Dead Two. Why do you think, or what aspects of it do you think both put it in the market for Game of the Year, and how has it held up as compared to the uh, the discussions we've had in the first two episodes? about just like the western genre as a whole lots to unpack here yeah i I would say i mean rockstar kind of does recycle its controls but i think every game series does they just kind of add on to what they're known for and uh yeah you know i you know red dead 2 has a lot to offer there's a lot more expansion to what we're familiar with with the red dead series goodness you have to like feed yourself and feed your horse now it's something you weren't able to really do in red dead 1 you didn't have to worry about yeah that's what i heard this game was very in-depth expansive scenery to the sandboxes in this game the the amount of land that they've generated it's pretty insane and just even the motion capture the detail they get with the characters is quite quite amazing great performances by everyone really um especially arthur morgan and and even benjamin byron davis too as dutch it's pretty pretty great and they just really capture the the essence of these these characters in this in this time period in this world they, they bring a lot to the table i guess i definitely think it's a lot of game of the year uh material for sure I'm not sure how God of War does. I didn't really, I haven't, I haven't played that game yet. But this is an Xbro channel, in case you guys didn't know. We play on Xbox because we like girls. 
<laughs> so we have yet to play smooth. The, smooth. Yeah, the PlayStation exclusives, the objectively superior PlayStation exclusive games <laughs> like God yeah. of War. <laughs> And yeah, which uh, I'm I'm also a PlayStation fan to myself. I dabble in both. God damn it, Isaac! <laughs> You're fired. The PlayStation brings a lot, a lot of good like exclusive games. But anyways, I digress. We Xbox. got Titanfall, yes. and that's all that matters. Yeah, we got Ty. We got the Halo series. Well. The, the good half, at least. The good half. We got the bungee halo. <laughs> okay, yeah. So the expansive world, that's a big feature. I, it does sound like it, uh, from what I've played of this game, it certainly fits the theme of just the expansive wildlands as seen in the West, oh, yes. the long takes, and the exploration stuff. And like you said, this game is hyper-detailed. Don't, can't you, like, clean your gun, go, like, hunting, and depending oh, yeah, on how yeah. you, where you shoot it, where you skin it, it's very realistic. Yeah, you can clean your weapons, modify them. There's, uh, yeah, you have to feed your horse to get your stamina or before you didn't really have to worry about that too much and and even your hat flies off too and you have to go pick it back up if you <laughs> want to keep the cosmetic oh, okay so very uh, immersive. yeah a lot a lot more features for sure as uh, as some hack ign reviewer would say it really makes you feel like a cowboy yeah you really really do feel like you're transported into the west yeah and i, I would say pretty good uh, controls too it's pretty realistic controls like uh, a lot of like rockstar's game like you know you definitely have the limited human athleticism part to it like you you mash a a lot you mash a for days it takes on like a human like momentum where it's like sometimes it's hard to stop your velocity that you've ran yeah it's very grounded in that sense i guess yeah. okay nice grounded realistic yeah pretty realistic uh although i think the physics are a little off as in all grand theft auto games uh, there, there is a couple physics problems for sure but <laughs> but overall pretty pretty realistic okay nice so immersive world responsive controls how does the um how does the story match up to the stories we've discussed so far about you know the western yeah, absolutely. heroes this this is a nice mix of the old spaghetti uh leone sergio leone type mixed with a little no country for old men realism it's like a nice little mix between it all which it's kind of nice our podcast has kind of been leading up to that and this is a good blend of the two good segue into that um and i i remember reading the back of my case too of red dead redemption um and it says like 1911 the old west is dying kind of it's kind of like the you know what no country is like a new change in society new change in technology ingenuity has taken over civilization you're on the train you know, with John Marston, they're talking about, you know, motor cars and, 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 and a man can fly now and stuff. More modern century that's taking shape now. And it's definitely challenging the Western ideals and fantasies and opportunities. You know, life is ever evolving and nature takes its course. You know, that's what Dutch always says the entire game. You can't fight nature. And that's kind of what the first one, the first game kind of establishes. Uh, Red Dead 2 opens up with more of a, this anticipation because this was a few years before the first one. It's a it's a prequel, even though it says it's the, the second Red Dead, <laughs> um, which which I, I I never really got that name. I don't think they should have named it Red Dead 2. They should have named it Red Dead something else kind of thing. It shouldn't have even been a redemption title. I don't think because you had Red Dead Revolver before these games, and then you know then you had Red Dead Redemption. You know John is redeeming his past and 
probably because of marketing. Yeah, probably since the first one was such a success, they just slapped it on there. Yeah, exactly. But back to kind of the opening of Red Dead 2, it kind of opens up with this anticipation and expectation of these new opportunities that the West, that we even, even our perceptions of the West, it's kind of this adventurous, exciting type of uh, uh, place and you know, there's ex- expectations for new opportunities. Yeah, like Dutch is always talking about his Tahiti plans and them going out west will will help that come to fruition and just establish like a better life for the gang. Really, really nice songs that they input. They brought in a lot of artists. The Mountain Hymn is what you kind of see when you go through the whole tutorial uh, section. And it's like from The Hobbit, the mountain song. <laughs> like from The Hobbit. <laughs> It's it's called the mountain hymn, but it's like this this uh, hopeful tone with kind of like this beautiful scenery that you see, and it's vast landscape just waiting to be explored. You know, as this game progresses, and and you even see the the sun come up from the horizon. It's just kind of this hopeful tone. But then it just the game progresses to just the gang's faith being just torn away. Dutch's horrible plans, and you know it starts off hopefully expectant, and then just absolute questioning and abandoning. You know this faith in the gang, and Dutch tries to hold it all together, but it's just such a fragile faith that he's he's instilled in them. You know, it goes into that no country realism of like the West isn't this wonderful land of opportunity. It's uh, it's kind of a brutal nightmare. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, that's that's what it reminded me of. Was just yeah, so it's not the promised land here, and that's and this is throughout the campaign that uh, sort of like the ideals of this the gang. I guess that we follow are torn down and yeah shit on by the West. Exactly. Yeah. They're, they're all questioning Dutch. Even Arthur's just the whole time. He's like, what are you doing? Like Dutch, are you sure you got a plan? You know? And then Dutch is like, just have faith. You know, his, his whole thing is just have faith. We'll get through it. It'll all come together. And it's like, just all hell breaks loose. A lot of their heists really go wrong. It, it go. It all goes to hell, pretty much. That sounds a lot like the uh, the plot of like Good to Bad and the Ugly, where most of it is them just sort of like bumbling about, trying to make money, just misadventures oh, yeah. in the West. This promise of golden wealth, yeah. Mm. Exactly. They're trying to fight for. Just throughout the thing, it's kind of more of like themes of like the sins of the past. Like the decisions that we make come back to like bite us, you know, in the end. And nature will always take its course. Um, I love the song. Um, one of my favorites in the second one, just that's the way it is. It's kind of depressing, but it's like uh, Arthur kind of goes through the multiple chances he had to break away from the gang and get a better life. Because you do go through, you know, all these side missions, these side side requests and stuff. And, and there's a lot of opportunity where Arthur can get away from the gang. Like he had this past love interest. I think they, they might have been married. I, f- I forget if they were married or not and they divorced or something. It might have been his first wife, but she does come back and, like, he's like, hey, can you help me with my brother? So he has, like, a, an opportunity to, like, go back to his past life. And then there's also another, like, future love interest that he could have gone with. Um, you, you meet this, like, mountain widow. Her husband has died in the woods hunting and then you you teach her how to hunt you teach her how to survive you know he's he's doing the old like where you know he's showing her the gun he's like going coming in from behind her oh yes just... it's like the pottery scene and ghost <laughs> exactly pottery scene and ghost you know any guy trying to teach a, a woman how to golf you know they just it's like and... a real porn star scenario that arthur keeps finding himself <laughs> in 
It really is. It could it could have it could have gone that way. Stumbles upon a widow in the mountains. Lived with this widow, this poor widow living out in the woods. Pizza's here. Yeah, and and even too like not far from her too. There's like this isolated fisherman dude. He's just like, hey, come sit. Let, let's have you know, let's just chill. And if you want to come over to the cabin sometime, like we can just hang out and stuff. And then even the doctor when he gets uh, tuberculosis spoilers. Sorry, but uh, he he does get ill and the doctor. Archer's even telling him to just go somewhere with high altitude. Go go up to Colorado. That's what, you know, like, you know, Doc Holliday did. You know, he could have started a whole new life in a, another high altitude area. But he decides to stay with uh, the gang. This game takes place in California, yes? Actually, uh, it doesn't. It uh, takes place uh, over, like, in the Louisiana area oh um there's some like areas of, of like the bayou and stuff and but uh but yeah so they're kind of like branching out in that area and i just wondered too like if arthur morgan if he because john is also haunted by his gang too in his past so i'm wondering if you know arthur was might have been damned from the start too mm. um haunted by the gang and tuberculosis i mean ironically he kind of like he dies by micah at the end um not the tuberculosis so it's like his past you know his decision of joining with this gang has ultimately killed him so it's his ultimate sin i guess oh spoilers for red dead redemption 2 from three oh, minutes yeah. ago on Sorry. by yes. the way everyone spoilers. Heads up, spoilers yes if you haven't played it go play it sorry i spoiled it for you but uh that's the way it is, as the game says. This is the way. Kind of going to John, because he also has a similar fate to Arthur Morgan as well. He, he he did, at the end, he did choose family in a better life, and he even uh, developed a different name, but he still damned himself when Sadie, uh, Sadie Adler, another of the gang members from the past, came up to him and, and, and told him that Micah and Dutch are out here, you know, you want to go take care of them? And of course, that's what uh, John does, you know, he t- takes out Morgan's hat, and that's, that's my favorite level. It's like the ultimate shootout on the mountain. He's just going through, just taking out all of Dutch and Micah's goons and stuff. And, you know, he's stomping over to, to the hideout. And, and in a way, I guess Micah, too, who has been kind of been influencing Dutch this whole time and kind of meddling with Dutch's plans and stuff. I guess he also is feeling the nature's wrath, too, when he gets overwhelmed by, by John there at the end end level hmm. and and that's kind of what damns him too because the pinkertons show up later at his doorstep and make make him uh try to hunt hunt down dutch and kind of correct his sins to johnson's goddamn pinkertons which and then at the end uh yeah then they the pinkertons also betray him too so at the end um and that was even for you know foreshadowed too at the beginning of red dead one to williamson shoots him as a warning you know, he could have turned away from it all, but decided not to, just like Arthur did. So, uh, yeah, a lot of a lot of sins of the past, haunting and stuff. And then, of course, at the end, Jack also shows the Pinkertons to the wrath of nature as well. You you mess with my dad, you know. It's just the cycle of, of revenge and carrying the sins. Oh, now we're getting just a massacre at the Grand Canyon vibes. Amazing. Yeah, so it's it's interesting. Yeah, it's this huge repeating cycle of of nature kind of, th- and I I think it's personified too, like through Dutch. You know, he suffers with his poor decisions, and you know, he's kind of a walking paradox too. You know, his his promise of a better life and nature taking its course. 
And he even says that too. It's like, it's a paradox. We try to live our best life. We try to push away from nature, but then nature takes its course. So that's the paradox, John. And yeah, he's he's just totally cursed by this. You know, he, he even becomes an animal himself too. He kind of succumbs to nature entirely. <laughs> Even even the first time you 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 see Dutch in the first game, he's just a total animal with his bank heist. I mean, he straight up kills you know an innocent young young woman that he held hostage. He just doesn't care. He's just a total animal. Um, he's he's kind of become the wrath of nature to to both John and Arthur. I would say. Wow, very bleak uh, Cohen Brothers esque outlook on. Uh, very very much so. The paradox of western life as it were yeah it really is nice okay so arthur uh, from what you've described him sounds very much like the clint eastwood esque uh as we could see they took a lot of inspiration from that kind of the yeah hero anti-hero uh, lone ranger yeah, he's very anti-hero for sure yeah okay like nice. he knows what's good he has his morals um he's even questioning dutch the entire time like i don't know if this is a good idea what are you doing you know um so he knows what's right but he you know he's just he's kind of still out for himself at, at the end of the day and still gang, just out so. to survive okay nice uh so if he fits that archetype you said micah and dutch seem to be the villains here how do they embody sort of like the villain tropes of like old western cinema or in like the new ones yeah. that we saw are they a little closer to gray or are they like you know micah especially they're, is yeah asshole, they're a little but... closer i think micah's a little closer to gray he's not he doesn't really he's kind of out for himself even his appearance like he's he, he seems Seems like a random gang men member like but but you can tell with 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 dutch um it's a little different because dutch is kind of all in black in the first game mm. too so maybe he's kind of he's he kind of has that bad guy trope of black and red which may foreshadow his eventual kind of evil that he kind of takes on with john and, and his decisions that lead to arthur morgan's death too so i guess dutch can is more of like that bad kind of persona i guess uh micah's a little more gray but uh he's definitely meddling with with uh with dutch the whole time he's kind of like whispering little suggestions that eventually just kind of doom the gang it itself but uh but yeah but for sure arthur morgan even in red dead 2 you I, I think i mentioned in another episode but yeah you can definitely get the uh, clint eastwood outfit as well which is uh kind of cool his little uh good the bad the ugly outfit poncho and okay nice so they yeah. don't really uh they don't really they're not like you know like angel eyes or the kind of traditionalist western villain where they right the first thing yeah. they do when they walk in the room is like beat the shit out of like a dog and then shoot a hooker or something they're not <laughs> right, like right. that it's, yeah it's definitely not that yeah and no, with dutch as you describe more realistic we get to see uh, yeah. that's what i kind of like about storytelling through games is that there's a lot more avenues and it's a lot more open the story mm -hmm. doesn't have to be so linear there's oh, options is, yeah. for like environmental storytelling like what you said oh for sure and you can even uh determine too how far you go with arthur morgan like you can either be really bad there there is an honor meter meter in both games oh okay and that kind of determines like what route you want to go do you want to be the more of the hero and more honorable person or do you want to give in to this uh wrath of nature of of this you know human behavior and it even changes uh that's the way it is too um at the end and that's like right before the ending climax uh that's the way it is song we'll we'll let you know what what route you've taken this entire game there's a light-hearted version of that's the way it is and then there's a darker version of that's the way it is so it's really interesting you can kind of play with the levels of of honor that you that you think is best for your experience 
So there's a lot to do. There's a lot of decisions you have to make. It's kind of like, do you take the bad route? Do you take the good route? There's a guy that kind of actually knows. He's like, oh yeah, you guys, I recognize you. You're you're the criminals from this town that you guys are trying to escape. And then he tries to go tell someone, but then he uh, he kind of falls off a cliff accidentally. And he's hang- hanging there, and your decision is, do you just kill this man? Do you step on his fingers and let him fall to his death? Or do you help him up? And it's kind of an interesting... And there's decisions like that throughout the entire game. How, how do you deal with your honor? Will you sub- succumb to human nature, or will you try to be the better man? Hmm. Okay. So aside from like side quests and stuff, does that honor meter effect like your, cause this yeah. is, you know, a very interactive world that you have with all the NPCs and stuff. How does that honor meter affect like your interactions with people as how they perceive you? I, I was a little confused sometimes of where I got dishonored for doing a, <laughs> what I thought was a good thing too. So I'm not, I'm not sure some, maybe, maybe there might've been an error or something, but. So, <laughs> so you, <laughs> you did things you thought were good and your honor meter was went down is that a is that a game glitch or is that a I, I think glitch? the honor meter it was something of like where i let the person go to like tell the police and it dishonored me for like i don't know maybe like giving up my friends or something in the gang it was kind of like that scenario and i'm like I, but how I, I let them survive i let them live you know it's like oh okay i should well. be like i stuck up this single mother and her children at gunpoint but i didn't kill them after i took all their money and food for the winter and it dishonored me for some reason i don't know why this game's broken no it wasn't like that it wasn't like that but yeah there there was a couple times where i think they dock you for like outing your gang members or something oh, it's okay. kind of a weird twisted sense of honor perhaps i don't know but very western sense of, of yeah. loyalty you know more so the first game it's definitely a parody off of you know leon's spaghetti westerns in the first game i would say more so than the second game um it has kind of leon's stylized take on westerns in the first but i think there's a lot of no country themes that the second one really takes into it and then i mean even the graphics you can just tell it's trying to be more realistic more of this realistic take on the west whereas the first game it's a little more stylized. You can kind of see that with some of the style. But really, this game as a whole is trying to break away from more of those stereotypes. But yeah, but there's definitely a hint of stylization, especially with the music. Like, it sounds straight up like the Good, the Bad, the Ugly soundtrack. A lot of the same instruments, a lot of the same trills and stuff. Yeah, they definitely play on that um, more so in the first game. And, and, and going to the first game... I think there's also like a potential like trio type that I've kind of noticed with some of the main characters you run across. And I might be wrong on this, but I I would say I think Bonnie that you run into, Bonnie, Nigel West Dickens, and Seth are all kind of this trio type for in in my opinion, where like Bonnie is more of like the typical lawful good, your basic good guy with like a nice ranch that she tends your wounds to. She's kind of like that nice guardian angel. And then Nigel West Dickens is kind of this chaotic neutral he'll, he'll he'll disguise himself as good but he's kind of dirty you know but he, he does have the heart to help john because he did help him out so he's kind of has this gray moral sense to him kind of like the ugly so i'd, I'd say like bonnie's kind of like the good nigel west dickens is kind of the ugly and then seth is just you know just this hick this hillbilly dude that's like defiling graves he's got all these like inhumane methods and stuff and he just does not care he's just out for himself so he might be more of a person 
personification are bad. But those are kind of the main characters you work, work with the entire game. And I, I just kind of noticed a tri trio stereotype to each of them. So I, I don't I don't know. I could be wrong about that. But I, I'm not sure if they were going for that, no, that yeah. aspect. From what you've described, Rockstar really learned a lot about the old yeah. West and went for realism yeah, and did stuff. Their so I think it makes sense that any archetypes in there are most likely intentional. But also getting into probably one of my favorite characters in the first game. Um, his name's Landon Ricketts, which you meet in Mexico. And um, he he's interesting. He's kind of like the spirit of the Old West. Um, he's kind of like, I think he's the more of the personification of like the golden age of Westerns. He's kind of like the John Wayne generation to me. He's kind of like this old time timer hero that like Tommy okay. Lee Jones kind of mentions in his you know, opening monologue, and he's definitely like the passing of the torch in, you know, Tommy Lee Jones' dream with his dad, and uh, I, I just wonder, too, like, how did Landon Ricketts end up in New Mexico, you know, in, in Mexico? You know, I wonder if nature caught up to him, kind of pushed him with, like, the coming tide of civilization in this new generation. Yeah, maybe he's fleeing that, or maybe he's also fleeing a similar fate like Arthur and Dutch, you know, or, or even John, you know. So, yeah, who knows? Maybe he also got caught up in, in his past too, his past sins, and he's been pushed to, to Mexico. So he's a very interesting kind of vague, you don't know his background all that much, but you know he is an old Western hero. That's kind of what John, he's like, hey, I, I know your name. You're, you're that, you're an old Western, like, you're a hero is what I've heard. So he's kind of this cool spirit of the old West. Sounds like he's more there for the development of the main characters, kind of. Because these games do take place in the, yeah. know, the twilight years of the Western era. So having someone that sort of represents the Golden Age come in and I don't know, That's exactly, yeah, like some know, coming he's, to he's, Jesus he's speech. He's totally the mentorship. He's, he's kind of, yeah, definitely definitely that. He, he's, uh, he, he gives uh, John the uh, Deadeye ability, which is awesome. It's uh, That's one of my favorite functions of the gang it, it, it just feels your gun feels so heavy and weighted when you do it and it's just like that finality you bring to it you know you just mark your targets and time slows you mark each target and you just do it in like within seconds it's, it's so cool it's like this nice little feature that's the staple of a lot of western games now that we see you know the western gaming tropes it's oh like yeah it's like the dual the dead eye mode as it's called now that's even in this call of juarez games it's in all the call of juarez games uh this one does it the worst it's not the <laughs> the, the mystic shit ridiculous six says yeah this is some mystic shit yeah yeah and that's a good part it's another way media medium of gaming sort of like accentuate or materialize sort of like the feelings that the old movies and stuff would inspire is that dude like yeah, mechanics it, it more interactable way, yeah. mechanics like that so you're able to like feel like a cowboy you could shoot out three people exactly. six people you know all at once quick yeah. quick to the draw totally like feels the old like west that. heroes and, and who better to to teach you that than you know the spirit of the old west himself landon ricketts and john wayne <coughs> landon ricketts <laughs> but uh but yeah you know and 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 that's the unfortunate part you know you feel like john's gonna take up that hero heroic like mantle from him and i mean he sort of does i mean he does deal with dutch and you know, puts the gang to rest, I guess, but, um, but it just doesn't have a payoff, because, uh, spoiler alert, uh, John dies by the Pinkertons, get, gets betrayed, and, uh, yeah, I guess it's kind of nature's way of where it just doesn't, doesn't work, you know, just, uh, this, this idea of being a hero, this whole hero mentality just doesn't work, our perceived ideas of that, of the old west, so... 
It's very interesting. It's like, yeah, it just doesn't work that way. Nurture will always take his course. Dutch warned him the entire time. He wasn't able to fulfill his heroic duties. I mean, he did, but he also didn't. He didn't live to see his legacy. So it's definitely that no country uh, vibe to it. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's kind of funny too. In in Mexico too, there's there's this whole like Mexican civil war that you're a part of. Um, you kind of play both sides. But I think it kind of goes into Leon's absurdity of war too, because the leaders on both sides of the civil war are are so crappy. Like you got one who was like a dictator, and I mean that that explains itself. And then there's like the sleazy like womanizer on the other on the other side fighting for freedom. But I think he's, like, really in for it, for, like, the fame and pleasure it brings. I mean, you even, like, walk into him, like, having sex with a woman. God, that's sin. We don't have sex with women on this channel, everyone, just so you know. <laughs> We're not about that. We play PlayStation. And, and Landon Ricketts says, yeah, just like, you know, they're promising things just like the last two or three promised. You know, it's like, yeah, these guys are a bunch of idiots. But, yeah, it, it, kind, of, <laughs> it kind of goes, you know, and then kind of John drops his morals too and he actually kind of plays both sides so he kind of becomes a gray double agent but anyways yeah that's kind of the whole my take on Red Dead and how it applies to some of our themes and yeah it's kind of it's kind of funny seeing like Rockstar they always just love to parody like just life trends and themes and stuff like from LA Noir to GTA just the societal trends like challenging like the old Hollywood golden age and the LA fame rich life and the adventurous wild wild west and stuff you know they're challenging them with human nature and the wrath of nature itself so it's kind of fun to see Rockstar kind of parody all of these things and show us the faults of our perceived notions what we know about LA or New York or old Hollywood and LA Noir and the old West. Hmm, nice. How do you think the the medium of it being like a video game as opposed to like a television show or a movie, how do you think it adds or detracts from, you know, the telling of a, of a classic or new age Western story? It adds story? so much. Uh, it adds so much depth. There's so much content, especially the second Red Dead. Like there's so much you can explore, so much to do. I mean, gosh, they even like threw in a Nosferatu uh, cameo Ah, uh, yes, the classic vampire in the West. It's a it's a one time thing. You have to you have to be like be prepared. Reminds me of the time John Wayne fought a vampire. Spooky. But but that that's also kind of the downside to it is like there's so much to explore and so much you can do that it might be overwhelming for a lot of people and they won't get the full story. They won't get to explore some of these really cool themes, really interesting themes. And I think a lot of people will be turned away by the amount, just kind of the vastness of each game. So that might be doing a disservice a little bit, but but at the same time, if you're invested and you go do it, it's really quite a quite a fun time okay yeah i'm looking it up in the campaign the main story alone it looks like it's a 40 to 60 hour campaign yeah i beat the game in like two two weeks i i beat the first game in a couple days so that's how much they've opened up this this whole world of new hanover but like yeah it's so long it took me forever to beat it and that was me playing every day for two weeks so you know if if, if you're <laughs> if you're off and on with video games you're not gonna beat this game for a while <laughs> so Hmm. That sounds a lot like what we talked about in episode one with the good, the bad, and the ugly. It is. It is somewhat of a commitment. It's now a 40 hour commitment, you know, no three and a half hour movie, but I'm sure that allows you to go much more in depth. Yeah, with, and it really like, does. The characters, yeah, and... the decisions they make, um, and sort of like the descent of Dutch. If they can't handle four hours, imagine. <laughs> 
40. Yeah, then <laughs> then forget it was Red Dead 2. But Red Dead 1, I would say, if anything, I would pick, like, if, if you had to choose between both games, for me, I would go more the first Red Dead. It, it's a little more stylized for me. It really hits home with kind of the Wild West of, like, Hollywood, but also just bringing more realism into it. And, and, uh, and, and it's doesn't take as long luckily i beat it in just a couple days just the story alone so i, I would say if, if you want to start off you know if you're not sure which one to pick up or i, w- I would probably recommend the first one just because there's a nice respect towards it but if you're looking for more of like a chronological story wise where you want to see these progressions of the you know these characters i would start with the second one and go into the first one it's a nice flow i think that brings us to the most important question of this episode Mm -hmm. and about red dead specifically and you know just the ability to role play as a real wild west outlaw how many people did you tie up and leave on train tracks i played the good boy route so <laughs> be honest uh, I, I'll know. I i was i was trying my best to be a saint maybe maybe like one or two or five or okay maybe 10 but that's it's not that bad <laughs> my honor didn't go down that much maybe. all right i, I <laughs> <laughs> nice i have a much more limited experience with red dead redemption 2 uh it was mostly in multiplayer in which me and a band of friends would um, only wear tank tops and overalls. We'd ride around on horses and hogtie other players and just drag them around while we screaming the yip, deliverance yip, yip, gang. over the microphone. Yes, the deliverance gang, the inbreds. Uh, and that's the beauty of, of games such as this, these open world vast games, is that you can really just be whoever you want out in the West. Isaac chose yeah. to be a good hero and explore the themes of the West and the downfall of all his allies. There, there's such a wide range of things you can do. And it's quite nice. Like feed people to alligators. Yeah. Yeah, you can go alligator hunting. That that's like one of the scariest levels. Like this massive crocodile. And and you're in this like little little shitty boat. This is going around the bayou. That was the spookiest level for me. Oh, also <laughs> the cougar den. That was, that was terrifying. I died so many times by that cougar, like more than any um enemy in that game. He's like a one shot kill too. All he has to do is just latch <laughs> onto you and, and and you have to start over. That sounds rough. So Red Dead Redemption two, it is a single player game and the game that I'm reviewing, this cartel game, is single player campaign as well. It's the main focus. But uh both these games also offer multiplayer options where you can join up with other people, sort of. In yours it's a very GTA style, you know, fucking ten minute loading screens. Yeah. I feel like they're not as successful as other multiplayers or i haven't uh, played the mm. new update i know they updated some of the multiplayer but i haven't been able to try that out but so i might be wrong yeah that was the only thing that really turned me off from that game was the multiplayer i played it closer to launch the yeah. multiplayer and it was just a mess the economy was just grindy as hell it was yeah you could you had to spend like 20 hours fucking robbing yeah. banks to get a little pistol yeah, or a horse it wasn't or anything like that uh, so, it was just yeah. more of like just free roaming and just doing random crap to everyone else there wasn't like really a an, like an actual goal i felt like but that was also launched so i don't know they have like these bounty hunter. i think they have like some bounty hunter missions now or something with the new up- updates yeah there's bounty hunters there's like a lawman one you could just like work for the sheriff or otherwise 
and if you've played multiplayer and you're into it leave a comment below how, how is the red dead experience yeah hit us up join us on twitch come join the inbred gang beep, beep, beep. haunting server soon all right nice so what would you what would you rate this game out of out of 10 handsome chiseled clint eastwoods yeah i i would say like a good solid you know what i i give these games a 10 out of 10 it was probably one of the best gaming experiences best stories i've you know it was really, it was really fun. It was really fun to be a part of. Out of ten, you really rate it better than all the cool Xbox exclusives <laughs> like well, yeah, Sea of yeah. Thieves. I, I would say so. Yeah, I mean this Red Dead Two. I mean, a lot of people agree. It's a 10 out of 10 game. It almost scored all, like, 10 out of 10s. It's the highest rated game, so. It was one of the best experiences, I think, even even more so than I've had with some of the <laughs> exclusives. Not gonna lie. Not gonna lie. You know, it's a big, bold claim wow. and statement. Even even some of the PlayStation exclusives, for me, this this kind of tops a lot of them, so. But anyways, that's, that's, my, that's my rating. I also love, too, there's a great part where you're drunk with your friend Lenny at the bar. And I was able to get away from the police too, so I woke up the next day in just a random field. Kind of reminded me of like the GTA 5 where you're tripping out and there's like the alien invasion or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Reminds me of the Skyrim episode where you start drinking with some random guy at the bar and then you black out and you wake up halfway across the country uh, and it turns out you had a night yeah, of debauchery that's, that's what with it felt like, like the god of debauchery. <laughs> and the whole quest is just like, <laughs> returning people's goats yep. that you stole that's what i feel like yeah and, and i gotta say the red dead redemption like the the first game um the gatling gun fort mercer like when you're disguised as nigel west dickens um little elixir coach and then you just pop out with this gatling gun and just mow down the bill williamson's gang it's it's pretty epic really love all the songs too in red dead 2 it's good good somber moments unshaken is a really good one too after the whole crazy Tahiti experience where you actually go to Tahiti, all hell just breaks loose. There's like a whole slave rebellion and stuff. And, and, then, and then you just go back to New Hanover and there's this nice soulful song where it's like, I, I, I won't be unshaken, you know, little defiant song. So yeah, a lot, a lot of crazy stuff in that game. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, you, you even go go to a tropical island, so there you go. You got so nice. much to Crazy do action, that. good characters, great story, and a very immersive world. So all right, beautiful. Is that uh is that all you have to share for, yeah, that's for the it. good of this? Yeah, that's that's this my episode? whole Red Dead rant. <laughs> oh, beautiful. It makes me uh it makes me regret being the bad for this show. I bet <laughs> boy I bet. howdy. I'm so sorry. Did I get a real fucking stinker today for you? <laughs> <laughs> let's uh, uh let's talk about that so that? so call of juarez a little backstory just for the uh the genre and sort of like how this abomination got made the first one is uh i suppose a theme game a genre game it takes place in the old west uh this is the first one came out in 2006 it was developed by techland and published by focus home interactive uh for europe and ubisoft in north america Oh, fucking Ubisoft. Ubisoft. What, what you doing? Uh, and it had really good reviews. The one that I'm reviewing, Call of Juarez Cartel, is the third iteration in a four-part series. Although everyone at Techland likes to pretend that that one never existed. The first two games, Call of Juarez and Call of Juarez Bound in Blood, follow people call uh, like the McCall brothers and their sort of gang of outlaws as they go about. 
And the first one is about like treasure hunt for the lost gold of Juarez. Uh, it's like some Aztec gold that's like buried in Juarez. So very Western game. Uh, very reminded me a lot of like the good, the bad, and the ugly. Mm-hmm. The second one, Bound in Blood, is uh, sort of like a revenge story about like family. More of the McCall brothers come out. And it's like a good, you know, Western gang story. And then in 2011, I believe. Yep, 2011. 2011, Call of Juarez, the cartel came out. And the cartel wanted to take it in a different direction. I don't know if you remember back mid-Obama administration, sort of back like the, you know, 2008 to 2012-ish. There were a lot of, uh, there was a lot of coverage on Mexican cartels, gang violence, especially out in like, you know, LA area and just sort of like the southern border and all that was going on. A hot topic, a popular, right. yeah, a lot There's of TV, TV shows, shows about virus. It was like, you know, that was the big thing for everyone to talk about. And so mm. the publisher or the developers, Techland, wanted to take the Call of Juarez genre in a new direction. They wanted to take it into the modern day. And the trailer for it came out, you know, a year before. And the marketing compared, I looked up all the marketing after I played the game. And I'm glad I did because I think I would have hated the game even more if I did. (laughs) If I watched the trailers first. Because the trailers, uh, it's all about, it talks a lot like No Country. It's like, this is the new West. And it was just sort of like... um, like busting mm. gangs on the southern border. It's advertised you play as as a cop, but you know, this is like Wild West cop, so it's very okay. very guns blazing, very shoot 'em up type of uh police work that you're doing out here. First two Call of Juarez games and the fourth Call of Juarez game take place in Juarez uh, during like the Civil War. Yeah. Very old West, very themed. Uh they were very stylized too. Their first two were a lot like Red Dead Redemption, the first one, and that they had that sort of like general West aesthetic mm. the fourth one call of Juarez gunslinger that one leaned very heavily in the stylization that's the art design on that one looked very much like a borderlands game or like a telltale game where it was all like kind of comic booky it's like very kind of like into the spider verse sort of more, so yeah, very cartoony the first red dead kind of is kind of that way too a little bit yeah they got and the fourth one was actually the most critically acclaimed one that one got like a 94 percent average score the first one got like 85 the second mm-hmm. one got like a 92 call of juarez the cartel got an average score of 42 percent this one was horrendous. This is the objective black Ooh. sheep of the series, and it is for good reason. Even though the marketing, you know, was honest and it did Oof. say that it goes into the modern day, all of the footage shown wasn't gameplay footage. It was all like pre-rendered cutscenes, and it all showed them out still in like the West. They were out, you know, in like the desert. They were in some um, like really cool looking like Mexican haciendas, just very, you know, a lot of Western style, you know, like old, like Spanish forts and stuff. Uh, it was very, yeah, there was like one one trailer that had him in kind of like a warehouse, sort of, but the transitions were all just like, uh, it was very dusty. They, and I liked what they did with the marketing because uh, instead of like desert dust, it was like cocaine dust that sort of like they use as the transitions. So it looked cool. It actually oh, looked... It seems a little more deceptive, though. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> because the entire fucking game takes place in the shittiest-looking version of L.A. you've ever seen. I feel like this game was written by oh, fucking no. Donald Trump and Mike Pence and how they see <laughs> L.A., uh, like downtown L.A. 
and it is so poorly designed. I When I first played this, I didn't look at the year it came out. I thought it came out in like 2005, 2006. This game came out in 2011, and it looks like dog shit. This game, and I was looking at the other games Oof. that came out. The, this game came out a year after shit like Halo Reach came out. This game came out around the time Skyrim came out. Dark Souls. Um, like Call of Duty Black Ops was like the other big shooter that came out that year. And yeah, like those other games, Halo, Skyrim, gorgeous looking games. Absolutely beautiful. This one looks worse than like Halo 3 did, which came out in 2007. Very bland. <laughs> and the other Call of Juarez games also look much better than this one, just because of the art direction and the style. They all look very good. This, this game looks like it was rendered by a freshman student of the wrong degree path is what this game looks like it was rendered by Yikes. it is terrible um yeah it's just everything is very blocky uh all the textures repeat themselves things Oof. are the maps are rendering in as you go so you can't see more than like 60 feet out and <laughs> oh, things just no. sort of blink into existence including the enemies of which there are snipers that you can't see until you get close enough <laughs> of, of all the projects was this like the lowest budget um, from what or? i saw this one was it was rushed is what the reviews were but they had a pretty good budget actually it was, it was more than the other two because the first two games were very successful so ubisoft you know, they gave Techland a good bit of cash to make the money with, and they got the cast here. They got, yeah, well, actually, I don't really know who any of these people are. I was looking at, like, their IMDBs, and they, you know, do a lot of voice acting. And from what I saw, mm. the production wasn't really, like, a hellacious nightmare. The only reason this game was brought to my attention was um, back in 2018, there was a sort of, like, a licensing, I guess, or, like, a distribution dispute between Techland and Ubisoft. So Techland, the developers, and Ubisoft, the people who published it, uh, Techland oh. was, was breaking away, and they were becoming like a self-made publisher so they were publishing their own games and Techland has made other games and they've done a very good job with other games their biggest titles are the Call of Juarez series but they've also done um, zombie games like Dying Light the parkour one and Dead Island which also had a, a lot of oh, success okay. so yeah they know how to make video games <laughs> And when they were becoming like a self-publishing yeah, studio, yeah. they were breaking away from Ubisoft and they were arguing over the licensing rights for, for the Call of Juarez series. Oh. And Techland uh, ended up keeping the rights to Call of Juarez. But uh, as it was reported on, it Cartel, crossfire, uh, I guess. nobody yeah. wanted it. <laughs> they were... No, but they were arguing over who had to keep yeah. Cartel. And during this um, publishing dispute, both Gunslinger and Cartel were briefly removed from like, they weren't available for digital purchase anymore for a brief time. So for like a few weeks or months or something, both of them mm. were taken, they were take, taken off Steam and stuff like that. So they were hard to get. Um, and after Techland got their rights and they were the self-publishers again, Gunslinger went back on Steam and, you know, Microsoft Store and all that. Cartel just sort of didn't. Cartel isn't on Steam anymore. I was watching reviews of this game, and one person who plays on PC, he was saying that one of the hardest parts of this game, he's, he regrets getting this game because he spent so much time and effort to get it for this like, dog shit product. He had to like torrent Steam keys from shady websites and yeah. stuff because you know they are just not pushing it anymore. So yeah, it's sort of like Techland's black sheep that they don't really want anyone to know about. Definitely got caught in that good old corporate meddling. But getting into the game itself, like I said, it looks like shit. The other two games, very, uh, very Western styled and all that. The art design, the 
how the NPCs move and talk, the worlds feel very lived in. You know, you could go up and you could interact with people. The enemies behaved like competently. <laughs> um, stuff like that. Just like general housekeeping things that, you know, make a video game feel real and sort of like legitimize it as a medium instead of just like, you know, shooting pixels. This one does not do that at all. Again, it looks like ass. And anytime you have any open world sort of like walking around, the levels are very linear, but anytime you are walking around without any fighting, you look around, you can't get more than like three buildings away before you see the same texture repeated. And it's just, it's very lazy, very, very oh. lazy. Um, all the like props and stuff are just like 2D sort of like printed on there and like desks and shit. They just have like the same same things all the same stuff and just in different rooms i see the same poster of like some bikini clad girl at like the four different strip clubs that you go to throughout this game and it's just yeah it really <laughs> takes you out of the immersion and as we talked about with red dead that's like really important is how immersive it can be for sure well and it's also the city of los angeles too i mean we've even seen it with like gta 5 it's unfortunate that they weren't able to expand on so much of the city i mean it just sucks that you get like yeah, a nice GTA shitty there's there's a lot of different places you can go you know there's like the pier and there's like pretty places there there's you know like the hills and stuff like that as well as you know there's there's like you know some some sketch mm. parts of town that you can also go to but it's all very lived in and which is why i really just don't like this game because other games like you know skyrim and you know like the halos and stuff uh they code their npcs well and it, it adds to the aesthetic it adds stuff like that which is very good so just the general atmosphere um how it looks and sort of like the tone of it all is not good which takes me to um takes me to the story the story of this game is one of the most convoluted, bad things I've seen in, like, game storytelling. And, you know, sort of like seventh generation games, you're not expecting too much from, you know, like, video game storytelling. But this is the kind of game mm -hmm. your boomer-ass aunt would take to the governor as to why video games are, like, turning kids into violent maniacs. Just because it's just gratuitously violent, <laughs> like racist sexist none of the characters are likable at all let me get into these characters here there are three different playable characters this game sort of went with like a like a half and half single multiplayer campaign it is a story campaign that's the main point of the game um but it is designed around being multiplayer so sticking to the themes of uh, of western trios there are three main playable characters you got ben mccall who is presumably the ancestor of you know the mccall family from the first two games which took place during the civil war he's a really edgy lapd detective he fought in nam and we see some of his nam buddies crop up in the in the story and he's got some real issues there mm. he's a really edgy guy he's comically edgy is all you need to know about him we got Kimberly Evans. She's like a FBI uh, agent and like a sniper. And we got Eddie Guerra, who's like a DEA guy. So they're all from three different departments. And the point of the game is that they have to come together. They're sort of turned into a team. They become this crack unit to bust the Mendoza cartel that the oh, okay. U.S. government wants taken down because they are believed to be responsible for the bombing of the DEA building. Yeah, so the cartel bombs a government building. Uh, of which Eddie Guerra, DEA guy on the team, is the only survivor. And Ben McCall, he is in Nam, and there are three other characters who are in Nam with him. Him, 
he had another friend named um, like Officer Stone we went to Nam with who works at the DEA and there's someone else named Alvarez and all three of those guys were in Vietnam together and Ben hates them all because I guess Alvarez like raped and murdered some Vietnamese citizen and Ben tried to take it to the like military police I forget what they're called because I'm a filthy libtard. Uh, but he tries to take it to military police. And he's like, Stone mm. saw it. He can affirm that. Let's put this guy away. And Stone doesn't tell. He doesn't. He's like, I didn't see that. Alvarez committed atrocities in Nam and Stone covered for him. So now Ben hates them both. So anyway, the DEA building gets bombed. Stone dies. Stone's daughter goes to Ben with like some evidence that they can help track down this cartel with. And then this crack team from the three different departments is formed. And this is all in the first cutscene. Oh. Yeah, so that's sort of the premise of the game. It's nice. you're like an interagency team uh, working together to bust a Mexican drug cartel. Not like the worst premise for a game. Not the best premise for a Western game. <laughs> but yeah, and it ends up being more of a crime <laughs> drama than anything. Definitely not. Call of War, and this is another reason people hated this game so much, is that despite it being called Call of Juarez, out of the 15 levels in this game, you spend one of them in Juarez. Now, Juarez is like a ghost town now. <laughs> and you spend maybe like five levels in like Mexico. Oh, okay. So of the 15 levels, like maybe a third of them are actually in like Western settings. The rest of them are just in like shitty fucking downtown L.A. streets. So, Oof. yeah, misleading marketing. Yeah, very, very, oh. <laughs> very immersed. Yeah, you really feel like an old west guy. Um, and I don't know, they kind of want to make the characters like sort of outlaws in their own right. And sorry for the delay, folks. This We're game back. is literally so fucking bad, I got a nosebleed thinking about it. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so the, the convoluted plot, the cast. The, the main trio are three of the most unlikable people I've ever seen. Well, that's that's good. A, a nice team with good chemistry. That's, uh, <laughs> or sorry, lack of chemistry. <laughs> the lack of, yeah, it's like the Western trio where there's the good, the bad, and the ugly, except they kind of fucked it up and they had the bad, the bad, and the bad. <laughs> nice. And okay. that's the that's the Western trio in this game. I think the only thing that I found semi-interesting about this game was the mechanic of secret agendas. In each level, you have, you know, the linear level that you go through. But each character has a secret agenda that you have to complete as you go through the level. And that is the secret agenda will vary from character to character. So everyone's campaign is a little bit different. So if you really want to get the full experience, you have to play the game three times over as each different person. And I really just pity the poor fools back in 2011 who did that. Uh, thoughts and prayers to all of you. But there's secret agendas you have to complete. And some of them might be interesting. Like the FBI girl, you learn that Alvarez... Uh, is in the Mendoza cartel, and he's actually an FBI informant. So Alvarez, this guy that Ben McCall from the LAPD hates so much, is a secret Ooh. informant for the FBI within the cartel, and Kim's secret agendas are sort of like getting in touch with him and doing things. And that is an interesting plot point. The other two secret agendas are really fucking dumb. Oh, no. Eddie Guerrera, the DEA guy, uh, we learn has a gambling problem. 
So his secret agenda throughout the entire game is just to steal money and drugs to sell to pay off his gambling debts. And Ben, who was the character I played as throughout the campaign, because he was the McCall one, he was the most cowboyish of them all. His secret agenda is that, I don't know, he's like friends with fucking hookers. <laughs> and so he just sometimes like steals money for them because they got gypped by clients. One time you literally go like, as a 65 year old man, you go like beat up a woman in the club because she threatened your hooker friend's life. And I'm like, what is that? <laughs> Who am I playing as? Am I the good guy? And it's not like Arthur Morgan or, you know, not Angel, as Blondie or Tuco, you know, like lovable outlaws. These are all bad people. They all say the worst things. Yeah. There's not much uh, honorable choices. Yeah. That's fun. Yeah. And the choices you make just don't matter because your character's going to do the shittiest thing imaginable. Um, yeah, so I played as Ben, so I'll go into his character. He's maybe the edgiest person I've ever seen. Ben is like the quiet kid in the back of the class. Oh, when no. he was first introduced, I thought it was I thought it was like as a joke. Uh, for most of this game, or I guess the first half, I thought it was like a comedy. But then I realized it just takes itself very seriously. Ben McCall is like a fucking 65-year-old man, and he walks around in like a trench coat and a cowboy hat and he has like a bandolier of revolver bullets around him but he's wearing like jeans and fucking like boots and he has this obnoxiously large like gold cross necklace and bullet vest with holes in it and i go to film school and even (laughs) i know that you're not supposed to reuse bullet vests defective bullet vests so yes that's that's the edgiest character design imaginable this dude was designed by like a 12 year old boy going through a really bad divorce that's who yeah that's who designed all these characters yeah. oh god yeah eddie guerrera's character model is like someone googled guy who gambles and then they just copy pasted that and kimberly evans despite being the most professional of the three characters is just dressed like a fucking thought for some reason that's the most accurate callback to western cinema that we get is that western cinema feminism because i don't think there's a female character in this game who doesn't get objectified in every cutscene. yeah so they nailed that one yeah and so that's like the characters and the stories just nice. none of them are likable they all do bad things and it's not even in like you know a cool western outlaw kind of way and I played through this game on hard mode. It wasn't super different from like normal mode. It's not like a, a good game like, you know, like Halo or something where the difficulty changes like AI behavior oh, yeah. or anything. There's just more of them and they do more damage. Yeah. So mm-hmm. the story gotcha. is terrible. It is so convoluted. You uncover random things that don't even make sense as you go through the campaign missions. There's 15 of them. And like I said, the story starts out, you're trying to bust this cartel, and your only lead is the daughter of uh, your old Vietnam buddy who was blown up at the DEA office. And mm. his, his big secret, spoilers for Call of Juarez, the cartel ahead, which I'm sure you're all very eager to play after this glowing review, <laughs> is that uh, the 
sort of like the chief of staff of like the U.S. and the person who like put together this team is secretly working with the Mendoza cartel. And that's it. And, you know, he died for it. So that's probably how the DA got bombed and all that. So it's all very, it's all very shady. Now it's like some government conspiracy game. So, yeah. And mm. none of them make sense. There'll be like a five minute long cutscene explaining what the plot is and what you guys should do next. And then the very next level is something completely different. It's so like level one is you go out and like Sequoia National Park to, to start like a gang war. So you're like burning one gang's weed and tagging the place with another gang. <laughs> so yeah, the, that's the first game is your your beautiful officers of law are just setting forest fires. And that's basically how it goes for the whole rest of the game. At one point, Jessica Stone, the daughter, she gets kidnapped by the cartel. And you guys got to go save her. And you decide that you need to go save her in a cutscene. And then the very next thing you do is you go out to Juarez and you meet up with an arms dealer. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, that's not... That wasn't the objective that was just discussed in the cutscene. You, yeah, you drive out and yeah. you meet up with some arms dealer who's like yeah. fucking Jeff Bezos. It's a little confusing. And yeah, for some reason, your nice cops, he tells you, uh, when you go meet up with this guy, you, the Eddie, the one Mexican guy on your team is, of course, pretending to be a cartel member because this game, he's like, all right, prove your loyalty. And he has other cartel members who are unarmed that the arms dealer has kidnapped. And he releases them into this old western town. And you're just supposed to fucking play some, like, world's most dangerous game shit where you, like, hunt them down and murder them. <laughs> and you're like, I'm not a cop. I'm a monster. Jeez. Yeah, so you do terrible things. <laughs> so, yeah, in conclusion, story terrible. The cutscenes are hilariously animated. They're very bad. And the ending, I'll get into that after we get through gameplay here. So gameplay. The most important part of a game. It's, you know... Right. why it's called a game otherwise they could have just put all these these beautiful cutscenes together and told this story as a as a movie that would have probably scored even lower call of juarez as a shooter what i've reviewed looking back to you know like the reviews from 2011 2012 and stuff this is regarded as one of the worst shooters of all time and that's for good reason <laughs> <laughs> is horrendously paced and I don't know, it's, it's just the mechanics of it are not good. They're not good at all. Each game, each level consists of you doing one of three things. Shooting wave after wave of just mindless drone enemies that are just like Mexican dudes in t-shirts. Doing like some dumbass walking segment where it's literally just like you walking around while some dialogue goes on and occasionally you get in a fist fight and the fist fights in this game are kind of like the skyrim ones where you just walk up to them and you mash the punch button until they die that's all there is to it <laughs> or there's like a car chase yeah. and you know there's also like the secret agendas and stuff this game was designed to be like a three-player okay. co-op campaign game but after teclan left ubisoft and decided not to take Call of War is the cartel with them, and Ubisoft was like, well, don't leave it here. They just sort of left it out to die, and the servers no longer receive support, and any and all multiplayer for this game is dead now. So I just played it solo. So it was just me as Ben McCall and my two dipshit AI oh, okay. teammates walking around. That really made, I think that detracted a lot from it. I was looking up some gameplay from like the older, uh, you know, when the game first launched, and you could do three-player campaign, and there was much more to it. There are features that were in the game for three players that literally don't exist in single player. So anyone who got this game who didn't have like internet or just, you know, didn't want to play with other people were like missing out on features of the game. There's like a competitive cooperation type system to it where you like get more points for doing things in a certain amount of time. 
and the first person to do it. So like, yeah, like say you walk into a room and a little icon will pop up and it'll be like headshot 10 enemies. And the first person to do that would get some extra points and they'd they'd level up, you know, more at the end of the mission. And, you know, the other two who didn't do that, they wouldn't get those points at all. I didn't know about that until I was... okay. Yeah, and I didn't know about it at all until I looked it up after beating the campaign, which I played solo, and I didn't see any of that. Yeah, that's that's a little unfortunate, because I feel like that would have been... That definitely would have been kind of a Band-Aid on most of the... Yeah, it would have added... In that game. I mean, I I don't know if it was salvageable. Yeah, those multiplayer concepts were, like, the most interesting thing about it, and I didn't get to experience it at all, so I really just was living it up with this game here and with the secret agendas as well you yeah, only get the points for completing your secret tasks like my, me playing as ben you know in a typical hero fashion my good old hooker friend susan gives me a call she says hey this um this insert racial slur gypped me this client can you go steal his wallet and you know i gotta go steal his wallet at some point when it pops up during the mission but I only get points for doing that if my teammates don't see me. And you also get points for leveling up if you catch your teammates trying to complete their secret agendas, which is kind of cool. It adds mm. sort of like it's, you know, some environmental storytelling yes. or like some other means of storytelling to sort of... The, the developers were probably banking on that aspect, I think, of this game. They're like, well, if, if anything, yeah. the players will enjoy this. Yeah, at, at the end of the game, sort of all the tension in the team comes to a head and they all don't trust each other and yeah and that all sort of like comes to a head at the end of the game but the dialogue and the cutscenes don't really convey that and i think the only way that character development and that story development would have been conveyed throughout it is through like sort of that secret agenda mechanic because uh, there's like little dialogue if you bust people in the act to be like what the fuck you doing you're like nothing stuff like that you get more points for completing your secret agendas one of ben's secret mm-hmm. agendas the cowboy is collecting evidence that Eddie Guerrera, his his teammate, is a dirty cop. So like that. And if you're playing with other people, I think that would sort of you know, add to the characterization because then it's people literally acting out in the game, this team not trusting each other and trying to do stuff behind each other's backs and sort of like sabotaging the investigation and busting each other in it because... It's a very, uh, yeah, very, very healthy, healthy teammate. Team and that's, relationship. Yeah, uh, that I would that I like to see in a game that's sort of like the gameplay itself telling the story. That's cool. But, you know, yeah, they killed yeah. this game. Were, were you able to do that with the AIs? The only thing that you could do with the AIs is just try and do your objective secretly. When you're playing with the AIs, they don't do secret agendas. I followed one of them around the entire game, and they didn't even attempt oh, anything. Don't. Yeah, that'd been interesting if even the AIs you had. Yeah, to, if you like, could keep an eye on the AI or something act, like you know, that, but... just you know, so you could unlock that dialogue because the dialogue only pops up if you catch someone in the act yeah. of doing something. So I never got to see any of that because they don't do it, and they're just mm. easy as fuck to trick. All they'd have to do is just walk into the next room, and they follow me, and then I yeah. come back. And you know, and I'm sure the game developers are like, well, they're like, well, they'll oh. do all three missions. They'll, they'll get to see all <laughs> they're those. Like, yeah, this game will never die, so <laughs> there'll like, always oh, be people yeah, right. to do this campaign on multiplayer with. <laughs> so I, we don't got to worry about you know coding <laughs> that in. Yeah, no. So I missed out on yeah. the one decent Oof. thing that I think was a part of this campaign anyway. The one aspect yeah. of this game where it being a video game would have improved the storytelling in it because the cutscenes and the dialogue sure as fuck don't. They are all the edgiest motherfuckers. I believe, what is it? The South Park game is like the, it holds the world record for the game with like <laughs> the single most F-bombs in it. I've, shit, I've, 
I feel like this game, nice. <laughs> this game's a close second from what I've seen. It's way <laughs> overacted and just poorly animated, which I think adds to the overacting because you know, in voice acting, you're supposed to be nice. very exaggerated. If if we're edgy enough, the the players won't know. Yeah, they'll be like how they're they're dumb shit video game, game players. They're not going <laughs> to be able to tell. But yeah, everyone is always shouting, and the sound quality is terrible. The first cutscene takes place in like a conference room, and it sounds like they recorded it like outside. The good, the bad, and the boys studio of me sitting here in my underwear under a sheet in my closet probably could have produced better sound quality than whatever they were using to record the dialogue. <laughs> in this game techland publishing if you're hearing this my studio is open for rent uh if you guys ever want to use it i got some really good mixing software in here i got a i got a macbook air and this nice sheet i have my dirty laundry pressed up against the door that way the sound gets muffled so yeah we're real professional here and i feel like this sounds better than fucking whatever this game sounds like yeah we see you techland we see you we see you Whatever Ben McCall's edgy 60-year-old ass dressed like a, a white fucking cowboy in the downtown L.A. streets. Just so out of place. He's always like, motherfucker. And he says that oh, like 80 times throughout the campaign <laughs> in the most inopportune times. When they curse in this nice. game, it sounds like a second grader who just like learned a curse word for the first time. And they just go out of their way to interject it into everything that they can. <laughs> That's, yeah, that's what this sounds like. Yep. That's the sound. That's the dialogue like this. I feel like the same wow. kid who drew Ben McCall, his, one of his parents accidentally blamed him for the divorce, and he's like, you know what? Fuck it. I'll write the dialogue too. And it's just the edgiest shit <laughs> you can think of, which really adds to the, oh, it adds damn. to the unlikability of everybody. But yeah, so aside from the one interesting mechanic, the guns, uh, they don't work very well. <laughs> They're not very good. This is a mechanic that was implemented, oh, no. implemented that was very bad. So each character is proficient with different guns. As Ben, the 65-year-old cowboy, you're only good at like pistols and revolvers and stuff. As you know, Eddie Guerra, the DA guy, he's good at like SMGs and dual wielding things. And as Kimberly, the sniper, she's good with like rifles and long range stuff. And how they made it so that the character all the characters all play differently with different guns is that the shooting mechanics are so shit to begin with they just made you shittier at the stuff it says you're not good with and you can't change characters after you start the campaign <laughs> once i picked ben i had to be him for the whole campaign listen to his edgy ass talk so it turns out like rifles are the objectively oh, best no. gun in the game i played it on hard mode which means plays much more like a cover shooter than a run and gun sort of because you know three bullets and you're dead and so I was spent most of the time doing long range fighting. And this old ass man with a six shooter revolver is not good at long range fighting. Since it was specified that Ben was the close range guy, every time I tried to aim down sights to shoot someone who was more than like 10 feet away, the screen would just get blurrier. And that was how they do it. And I, I was looking up gameplay for the other two. Oh. And like if you were trying to play as Kim and, you know, aim down sight someone at close range, it'd be wobbly as fuck and blurry. The gunplay just went from shit to shittier depending yeah, on who you played as. And of course I picked the worst fucking guy to play as because I wanted to be the cowboy. And I played on hard mode so all the fighting was at long range and I was just some dude with a revolver who couldn't see more than 15 feet away because I got fucking cataracts <laughs> apparently. <laughs> yeah, so that just made it, Damn. yeah, it made it not oh, fun sucks. to play the 
collision detection and the map design is so boring. You spend more time running up and down stairs than you do doing anything else. There's this one level, you're in a nightclub, you're chasing down Alvarez because, you know, he's just on his bullshit and Ben is like this fucking hate boner for Alvarez that's so bad he will jeopardize every mission that they're on if the possibility of arresting or murdering him comes up. And so you're chasing down Alvarez and you go up the stairs to a building, run across the roof, go down the stairs of that building, go into another building, and then go up the stairs of that building onto the roof. And then you like run across some planks that were there for some reason to another roof. And then you go down the stairs in that building. And I'm like, why the fuck am I doing this? And this is, you know, <laughs> me coming off of you know like the day before i was playing like yeah just running up and down stairs it's exciting what do you mean it's so exciting it's like mud runner simulator i had to go and play titanfall afterwards just so i could get an idea of what a decent fucking movement system felt like yeah so that's like the level design and the guns were just terrible uh similar to the was it the dead eye mode from red dead This game also has that. uh, It's called concentration mode, though. And it does the same thing. You know, it slows down time and all your bullets will one shot people. And you got to like, you know, kill enemies to build that up. Except in this one, though, whenever you activate it, your character says a little quote. And I unfortunately picked the world's edgiest man. So every time I activated this Deadeye mode, which was like the only way my cataract have an ass could kill anybody since I was the short range guy playing on hard mode with a pistol. He would say like some poorly interpreted Bible verse and he interjects the word motherfucker in it like eight times. <laughs> He's like, and I will make my arrows red with blood and my sword shall bathe in the blood of my motherfucking enemies and my bullet has a your fucking name on it. <laughs> And I'd have to listen to that, and it's like a 10-second little (laughs) anecdote every time I activated this mode, and I had to activate it often. My fiancé would occasionally be in the other room working (laughs) while I played this game, and she got so sick of hearing this old-ass man talk whenever I did it. (laughs) She thought thought, um, it was just like it happened randomly, and then she found out that it happened when I pressed the button, and she's like, you know he says this when you press that button. And you still press the fucking button. <laughs> I was like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I have to do what I have to do. To get through this to get game, through this, this is a necessary game. evil. And not like necessary evil like, you know, these characters, what these characters think is a necessary evil. Or you have to like fucking choke out a hooker or something to get a name. No, this is actually necessary. Yeah, so that's the dead eye mode, and I, apparently that's what they traded in the dueling mechanic for from the first two games. In the first two Call of Juarez games, there was this, uh-huh. uh, it was sort of like a timed event. Not like a quick time event, but sort of like a test of reaction where there would be a countdown. You know, someone challenges you to a duel, you go, you meet up at high noon, as you would in a proper Western game. But God forgive, God fucking forbid I get the proper Western experience. Of course. You'd go out, you meet at high noon, there'd be a little countdown. And you weren't able to draw your gun until you saw the other guy draw theirs. So it was like this fun, you know, sort of reflex test. You got to feel like Clint Eastwood and stuff. No, instead I get to listen to a 65-year-old man say he's like, I I saw a horse and its rider's name was Death. And Death has a bullet with your fucking name on it. 
ew, whore, as I, <laughs> you know, draw my pistol and briefly cure my, my fucking amblyopia. Yeah, so that's that. That's the gunplay. Wow. Horrendous, that's absolutely a, horrendous. Level design is boring and bland. Everything looks the same. The enemies in this game are not fun at all. You fight the same enemies throughout the entire game, Oof. which brings me to something I wanted to talk about as the concept of the gameplay loop. What do you know of the gameplay loop? The gameplay loop. So doing quick research uh, last night before <laughs> we do this podcast. <laughs> That's what we do. You know, because uh, definitely time out my research very well. What a player is able to input into the game and then the response they receive from that input according to the game's rules yes. is what I was... Uh, what, I, what I saw, the, the cycle. You know what? I, I'm, I'm losing it's, my train of thought. Yeah, basically what, 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 what you is said the game? is like the mechanics of the game. So it's like what you do, how you do it, and then the response that you get from the game. And the poster child for perfect gameplay loop would be the first Halo game. Combat Evolved came out in 2001. Groundbreaking. You had this mm -hmm. huge sandbox of weapons. Yeah. You had um, like a varied map design uh, with, you know, a bunch of different stuff and a bunch of different avenues to approach like combat encounters. And then you had like dynamic enemies. All the enemies were, were different. They had different strengths and weaknesses. And the guns that you got were able to complement, like, mm -hmm. you know, your play style and how you approached it. You know, the elites were, you know, shielded and aggressive. The grunts were, you know, like dipshit cannon fodder, but you had to manage it because they were dangerous in groups. The hunters were, you know, high damage tanks, but they were very slow and easy to maneuver around and stuff like that. So depending on what you like to do, you can approach yeah. all those counters differently. You could get high ground. You can hide, play like a cover shooter, just go in gung-ho. You could do in, you could do so many different things. If you were the guy who'd like to go, kill all the little enemies first yeah. and then fight you know the larger enemies when there's less stuff going on you could do that you know if you want to just get the biggest weapon you could and then take out the big boy first the little enemies would scatter and they would panic because their leader's gone they were responsive to what you did so depending on what you decided to do yeah the game would respond to it and you'd get a reaction and they right. would you know improve the gameplay and it was simple, but depending on what you do, it was varied enough that you could play that game 60 times over and it would be a completely different experience if you just, you know, do something different every time and you could cultivate. Right, yeah. Essentially, you're kind of repeating the process over and over again, but there's there's different variations, yes, different loop. inputs. It's, you can... uh, the average is like 20 seconds. So it's like pick up gun, engage enemy, enemy responds, and then that's the loop. So, you know, the four, eight-hour Halo campaign is basically you repeating the same 20-second loop over and over again, but you don't notice because it's so fun. Or games like Titanfall, you know, kill, in, kill enemies, yeah. call in Titan, and then you it, the feeling's just better than sex. It's like that's... <laughs> Right, yeah. There's a lot of mobile games too that have yes, a lot of the addictive games, you know, those... like game loops too, uh -huh. where exactly. you know, like Candy Crush or like you know Clash of Clans. I mean, you're going through the same things, but because of the yes, response, response you get, you know, bright colors, flashing, level up, um, winning, and all that. That's yeah, that's a well-designed gameplay yeah. loop. Mm -hmm. is that you don't notice that you're basically just doing the same thing over and over again. And that's like the core function of game design. So I wanted to bring that up for the first game that we talked about and why Call of Juarez is the poster child for really just fucking that up. Because what they have with the gun system and that each person <laughs> is 
good with different guns. And when I say good, I mean they're ex- just not shit with exclusively those guns, which in my case was revolvers, the objectively worst guns in the game. The sandbox was much more limited the you know the weapon sandbox the maps while they had some you could tell what areas were meant to be done in secret agendas because otherwise it's all very linear and the only part where it opened up there weren't even very many enemies and it was just a part where you could go you know grab your fucking blood money and run and the enemies there's no variation in the enemies it's all just cartel goons yeah so the enemies are all the same they have different guns but the guns don't even really matter that much because you're fighting the same guy all you have to do is just you know shoot them and then they die well that's that's very fun that's exciting <laughs> and, and new since and i played it on hard mode you the only way to play was as a cover shooter i watched some gameplay on like easy or normal mode and again that's like the same thing you don't have to play it as a cover shooter because the enemies do fuck all for damage so that one's just more of a running gun where you just walk in, you shoot everything, you go to the next room, repeat. That's the loop. And unlike, you know, in other games where you get the the dopamine rush from conquering a challenge or winning or seeing some shiny colors because you're 60 years old and you play Candy Crush, you don't get any from that. It's all, you know, the classic 2000s style fucking like piss filtered Mexican color editing as, uh, as how American <laughs> cinema, yeah, made it's how you knew you were in Mexico because everything was just fucking like yellow and bland. That's that's it. Yeah, it's just very bland. All I could do was just duck and jump up and shoot. And the AI isn't super responsive at all to what you do. Uh, it's not like, you know, the elites in Halo are much, you know, they're harder to kill. They'll dodge grenades. If you stick them with a sticky one, they'll run at you. Uh, they'll jump out of the way of a car or something like that, as opposed to other enemies who won't. They just do the same thing. You shoot at them, and then they'll sit behind a desk for fucking 20 seconds. And then the second you look away, they'll pop back up and they'll shoot at you. So I would just have to spend the whole time in cover, jump up. If I didn't kill someone in one shot, I'd just have to sit there and wait for 15 seconds for him to pop back up again so I could shoot him again. And in that time, I probably got blown up by a grenade. So the gameplay loop for this one, the only response that I got from the game was um, regret about my career choices and boredom <laughs> and and sore thumbs from, yeah. from just trying to hold the same position for 20 seconds for each enemy and that's yeah so from a gameplay standpoint you can see why this is considered one of the worst shooters in the genre uh in the other call of juarez games boss fights were and in gunslinger especially the fourth one boss fights were like named iconic western characters you know like billy the kid uh, that guy like more armor stuff like that because um, that one was very non-linear storytelling it's told from the perspective of like an old man telling exaggerated tales and it was very fun and boss battles in that were like the duels that you'd have so it was interesting and each one played out differently with each sort of boss having different abilities and stuff for you to counter and stuff yeah. boss battles in this game are just a helicopter because it's the only thing that you can't kill in one hit with the revolver <laughs> So it would just be a helicopter shows up and I'm sitting here (laughs) with my fucking two pistols up my ass wondering what I'm going to do about that. Very lazy, but it's And that's it. And yeah, it was terrible. Terrible, terrible, terrible. Yeah. You ever ever played any shooters like that where it's just not good? Or do you have any that are examples of like really good gameplay loops? I think what kind of brings to mind is uh, the 007 Legends game. Oh yeah, that one's up there pretty bad. It's not very well 
Yeah, it's it's it kind of also falls into that where there's there's nothing special mm-hmm. about any of the enemies, and it's just pretty it's pretty monotone throughout the entire game. I mean, it's kind of fun to see like the, the you know James Bond, uh, you know, all the years with Daniel Craig, but at the same time, it's like man, the gameplay is just so boring, and it's just pretty much a copy paste call of duty and you know the 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 sneaking around there really is no stealth in that game and it's unfortunate because it's a spy game so you're like what what am i supposed to do so yeah that kind of kind of reminded me a little bit of that but yeah i I would say like halo definitely is a huge example of the perfect game yeah that's a good one game Uh, loop if you guys watch the act man on youtube he has a great video about that he's a big slut for halo and that's sort of where yeah yeah he really he really dives into that yeah breaks it yeah, down yeah so i heard it first from him the concept of it and how he applied it to halo and you i you know started looking at that in games afterwards just how it applies to other games i'm a masochist if you guys couldn't tell right now so i love the dark souls series and even seeing the gameplay loop in that where it's more about adapting to your enemy and just sort of how that works but yeah so this game just does everything that games shouldn't i think games as a medium are sort of coming into their own as like a storytelling medium i should say and how storytelling can be different between films and games because the story doesn't all have to come in cutscene it could be like dark souls where it's like environmental storytelling where there's barely any dialogue and you learn everything you need to from Mm -hmm. like item descriptions and just looking at the world around you or non-linear storytelling like you could do with open world games you know like skyrim or red dead or something where you can go out and you could do some world building you don't have to just stick to the story that's presented to you you could go out and you could do what you want um and the world is just sort of built at your pace and you add to the Mm -hmm. story based on the decisions that you make i think that's how like video game storytelling um that's where it shines and calvarez cartel does the opposite of this (laughs) yeah the cutscenes are bad so you can't get shit in that confusing mess the only way you could do any actual like competent characterization is through a multiplayer thing that's been killed off since none of the publishing studios <laughs> care for this game anymore yeah so it's just it's just shit yeah so do you want to play it i got it i got it on xbox i got this game for 75 percent off on the microsoft store i got it for seven dollars why this game still retails for like hey there you go if you're looking for a cheap game there you go <laughs> yeah cheap game um get titanfall <laughs> Actually, yeah. uh, don't let this nice. discourage you from the Call of Wars franchise <laughs> from what I've seen. All but this one are good. Uh, I actually might get Gunslinger because I was looking at some gameplay of that one and it looks very cool. Very, That's a good like genre game. That one came out in like 2013-ish. Yeah, sounds, sounds yeah, good. I'd check yeah, out I kind of want to check out the rest uh, of them. But if it yeah. says the cartel on it, and it has a picture of an edgy, like, 60-year-old man with a double barrel. Anything that's not truly Old West, just ignore. <laughs> yeah. And don't let this one, don't let the cowboy hat fool you. You spend most of the game in LA nightclubs. <laughs> yes. So yep. that's all I have on nice. the cartel. All right. So for these games, both of them, how do you, how do you think they add to the Western genre or detract from it? Well, I think one of them <laughs> at least contributes to the Western genre. Uh, I don't, I don't know what to make of any of that cartel mess, but cartel uh, certainly contributes to like the death of the Western genre. <laughs> yeah, yeah, perhaps maybe it's the misuse of the, the Western genre, of the death yeah. of yeah, perhaps. 
perhaps. Yeah, uh, I'd, I'd say if you're really trying to dive into more of the Western, just like we have been for the past couple weeks, um, I definitely recommend more Red Dead Redemption route. Uh, that's really stays true to that. But yeah, uh, I, I don't know what to make of that cartel. Oh my God, it's so bad. I don't know why it's marketed as a Western or in it. It just sort of, it's kind of like how Red Dead Redemption yeah. 2 used the, it marketed itself as a sequel just to capitalize off the bank of the first one. This one, I feel like if it wasn't marketed as a Call of Juarez game, it wouldn't have uh, pissed people off as much. I think it still received the terrible reviews that it deserved, but coming off of, you know, the other two very successful, yeah. very fun looking games and the fourth one which lost money despite being the best reviewed one. Well, it didn't lose money, but it made less than the other ones. <laughs> Probably because, you know, people had the bad taste of... Oh, interesting. Yeah. Because <laughs> well, Cartel gave a bad taste. Yeah. yeah but... Oof. All right. Well, I we promise this isn't an exclusively Western channel. Uh, like we've been saying on, a, on our Twitch, this is actually um, a lore channel. <laughs> For lore? No. Uh, yeah, we, we will be reviewing movies, TV shows, games, uh, and we would love some requests as to what you guys want to hear about now that we're done with our, our beautiful Western opener. We're going to launch some spooky episodes. We've got some fun ones planned for December, but please do recommend what you want to hear. And if you have something really good. Yeah, go check us out on social media. Start some discussions. What do you guys want to hear? Uh, we're on uh, we're on Instagram, uh, Facebook. We've got a Facebook page going. We're even on TikTok as well. Um, and, uh, yeah, yeah, just uh, start a discussion. We'll probably start some polls and whatnot here pretty soon. And, yeah, let us know what you guys would like to hear us review and whatnot. We appreciate you tuning in and, and uh, checking us out. And, uh, yeah, hopefully you have a more of an appreciation of Westerns like we do during this time Certainly of diving into that genre. So, yeah. All right, yes. Like and subscribe. Give Absolutely. us good reviews on iTunes. And uh, tell your friends to come listen. That way I don't have to go back to a real job. Yes, please. Thank you. <laughs> Bye-bye. All right, we'll see you, folks. Bye. Kiss, kiss. Howdy, y'all. This is Terran, a.k.a. The Bad. Thank you for tuning in to our new program. As part of our big three-episode launch, the boys wanted to put out some bounties to help build the gang a little. The first 50 lawmen to give us a five-star iTunes Wanted review will be entered to win a gift card for any movie theater or streaming service of their choice. Secondly, the first dead-eye to guess how many times Star Wars is referenced in the first three episodes will win a physical copy of any film of their choice with special prizes from the boys inside. So be sure to check out our other two launch episodes and stay tuned on social media as we announce the winner. Links in the description. Also, don't forget to like and subscribe so you don't get dysentery. Now, everybody pretend that I rode off into the sunset. Bye now.